Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, and welcome to Tales from the Veg Patch with me, Kathy Slack. This week, soil. I've been digging a lot of it lately, so I thought I'd give you an update. I've also been shopping for it, which was quite an adventure by my standards at any rate. So I'll share that story, plus some of my tips for choosing soil as well. I'll put links to all of the products I mention, none of which are sponsored by the way, I just like them, in the show notes as well. Quick bit of housekeeping first though. If you're listening As this episode comes out in real time, so to speak, I have a few events coming up and it'd be lovely to see you at them if you can make it. My next supper club is at the Royal Oak in Ramsden, which is West Oxfordshire, on Tuesday the 10th of May and there's just a couple of spaces left. It's a five-course feast from the veg patch and you can find out more on my Instagram or in the show notes as well. I'll also be at Warwick Books this Saturday, that's the 30th of April, between 10 and 12, signing copies of my cookbook from the Veg Patch, then hot-footing it to Oxford and Blackwells to do the same from 2 o'clock. Do pop in for a chat, I'll have tasters of recipes from the book too. Again, details in the show notes. How to buy soil The other weekend, I went shopping for soil. I know, exciting times. Well, actually, between you and me, it was quite thrilling. Until recently, I'd just added council green waste compost to my soil each year. That's what happens to your food waste caddy contents and anything that goes in the green garden waste bin. I'd buy it in big sacks, then spread a thick layer on top of the bed sometime between February and April. This, by the way, is known as the no-dig method and is a much better approach to soil improvement than the traditional double-dig method where you turn the compost into the existing soil. Not least because it doesn't involve all that back-breaking digging, but mainly because it helps the soil structure remain intact, improving the mycorrhizal bacteria systems, which we are just about starting to learn, have a huge impact on the way nutrients are carried through the soil from plant to plant. It's basically soil magic, and shoving a spade into it every year rather breaks the spell. That and all the worms you cut in half, which is sad. Anyway, I'd been adding this compost topping religiously to whatever space I was growing in at the time. 
So when we built the new raised beds the year before last and filled them in part with soil from the flower beds and lawn that they were built on top of, I started adding council compost waste on top of that as well. However, it turns out that the recycled soil from the flower beds and so forth is, well, quite patchy, sometimes clayey, sometimes free draining, stony here, still full of naturalised bulbs there, all muddled around underneath very friable, quite woody green waste compost. The result is you don't know from one foot to the next what sort of soil you're sticking your trowel into and neither do the vegetables, which makes for somewhat haphazard growing results. Something had to be done. I remember the very wise market gardener Anna Greenland saying to me once, cultivate the soil first, then the plants. If you get the earth right, the plants will take care of themselves. I had listened and nodded and then totally fallen into the classic trap of concentrating on instant gratification of pretty plants and neglecting the earth they grew in. Which is how I came to find myself standing before rows of plastic tubs filled with earth at our local landscape and garden supplies firm shopping for soil. I would concentrate on the soil, just like Anna said. And it's far more exciting than I thought it would be. Turns out buying soil is rather like buying pick and mix was when I was a 10 year old. News agents of the 1980s, in fact our local village shop still does this, used to have open tubs of penny, or if you're old like me, half penny sweets behind a glass counter at the front of the shop. Well, Buying soil is pretty much the same. Open square plastic tubs full of different soils for you to view. Unlike the sweets, you can handle the soil to gauge its texture, but then you go to the shopkeeper, just like at the sweet shop, and say, I'll have half a tonne of horticultural loam, one tonne of landscape 20, a bag of 70-30 topsoil mushroom compost mix, two sacks of top dressing and a quarter of pear drops. Admittedly, the volumes are different, though only slightly in the case of my sugar-fueled childhood. But it turns out that the sense of anticipation is just the same as penny sweet shopping. All that potential for pleasure, the anticipation of feasts to come, the sense of agency at buying something that will make life more fun, more colourful, more moorish. I order three tonne bags with a heady mix of topsoil, compost and sharp sand which is delivered a few days later and I spend a back-breaking weekend barrowing it all from the end of the drive and shoveling it into the beds. And now for a confession. I do break the rules of no dig at this point, just a little bit, by turning the new compost into the soil below, just a tiny amount, only a shallow tickle. But I haven't got a year to leave the beds fallow so the worms and bugs can drag the new soil down into the old, 
So I steel myself to a spot of digging to mix everything in and pray for forgiveness from Charles Dowding, patron saint of No Dig. Top tips for buying soil. Number one, peat free, always. You all know why, I don't need to explain it to the likes of you. And getting peat free isn't so much of an issue if you're buying in ton bags from landscapers because they tend not to sell such rich compost in that quantity, not to domestic gardeners anyway. But if you're buying 20 to 50 litre bags from the garden centre, do check the label to see if it's peat free. If it is, it'll say so in big letters on the front. If not, they'll try to confuse you by saying that they are committed to reducing peat use and showing a little pie chart or a sliding scale illustrating how 30% of this compost is peat free, which is nonsense and lazy and a little bit weasley too, so don't buy it. Number two, if in doubt, multi-purpose. Don't get too hung up on the levels of nutrients, like whether a plant needs nitrogen or potash or whether it's sterilised loam or Johninus number, whatever you think. These things do make a difference to the way the plant grows, but honestly, I find it all such a faff to understand that I ignore it and I don't really feel like my vegetables come to too much harm from my ignorance. My favourite multi-purpose compost brands are New Horizon Organic Peat Free from Westland, which is widely available at most garden centres. I would also try SilverGrow Organic Compost from Melcourt. And for a special treat, I highly recommend Dalefoot Composts, who make peat-free compost from a blend of sustainable sheep's wool and bracken sourced from the Lake District. It's more expensive, but their whole range, including their seed compost, is absolutely knockout. Three, animal additions. Assuming you aren't vegan, you can feed your plants during the growing season by adding, well, poo. Don't worry, it's not as gross as it sounds. The product I prefer is chicken manure pellets, which are about the size of dried macaroni, sorry if that puts you off macaroni, and comes in big tubs. You scatter handfuls over the soil, ideally just before it rains, and the nutrients slowly leach into the soil over the course of three to four weeks. I just chuck it on whenever I remember, between now and October-ish. You can also buy it in a fibrous form that looks much more like compost called 6X by Vitax, which stinks to high heaven but is a much faster acting option. Just don't do it before a garden party because it really reeks. I tend to avoid horse manure generally because I find it makes the soil too clumpy and can burn the plants if you get a chunk of it near a leaf. I'm not sure there's a segue that will get us from chicken poo to the kitchen gracefully, so you'll just have to come with me abruptly because I want to cook some radishes. Radishes are the first thing I sow in the new soil. They come up quickly, they don't mind the cold, and every year I thank goodness for them. I can take or leave a radish the rest of the time, but in April they are like glowing jewels in an otherwise beige month, when there's not much left in the patch to eat, not least because I've covered it with three tonnes of soil. 
So we'd be lost, not to mention hungry, without these vegetable gemstones. The first radish harvest must be put front and centre stage, paraded to the table like the crown jewels they are and given the full attention of your guests. For this, I prepare radish slammers. Bit like tequila slammers, but without the side effects. Wash freshly picked radishes and, importantly, pat them dry. Leave the leaves attached, then arrange them on a board with a pot of soft British butter and a mound of flaky salt, Maldon or Cornish sea salt, for example. Invite your guests to grasp a radish by the leaf, smear it through the soft butter, to which it will only stick if the radish is dry, then dunk it in the salt and take a big bite. The butter takes the heat out of the radish and you get a perfect balance of creamy butter, crunchy radish and salt that feels like popping candy. Marvellous! You can make this event more refined by doing the dunking in advance, in which case melt the butter very gently over a bain-marie or a double boiler so it doesn't split, then leave it to cool, whisking occasionally until it's the consistency of thick, semi-melted white chocolate, which is what it will look like as well. Dip each radish into the butter to coat the bottom half, then sprinkle the buttery end with salt and lay it on a silicon sheet to set. This is a very pretty option, but perhaps less convivial. The choice is yours. Warm radish, puy lentils and anchovy salad. Serves two. I know it sounds a bit loopy to pan fry radishes, but trust me, it's worth trying. They lose a lot of their peppery punch when cooked and turn a very romantic dusky pink, like a turnip's more interesting cousin. Preheat the oven to 190 degrees C. Peel and quarter two red onions, then put them in an oven-proof dish, separating the layers a bit as you go. Drizzle over one tablespoon of olive oil and roast for 20 to 25 minutes until browned at the edges. Remove from the oven and set aside. While the onions are cooking, get the radishes going. Melt a knob of butter in a frying pan with a tablespoon of olive oil. Take 300 grams of washed and trimmed radishes, slicing any large ones in half, then add them all to the pan. Cook over a high heat for about five minutes or until they are just cooked through and turning golden brown. Take the pan off the heat, add a pinch of soft brown sugar, a splash of balsamic vinegar and give everything a good shake as you do. Set aside. For the dressing, put three anchovy fillets and one tablespoon of chopped parsley in a pestle and mortar and pummel it to a paste. Add a few slugs of extra virgin olive oil and a dash of sherry vinegar and give it another pummel. Check the seasoning and adjust as needed. You won't need to add salt, the anchovies will see to that, but you might need a little more vinegar. To assemble, tip a packet of cooked pre-lentils into the radish pan together with the roasted onions, three or four more anchovies and a handful of chopped parsley. Pour the dressing into the pan, give everything a good toss to combine, then serve. 
preferably whilst looking out over the perfectly raked soil of your raised beds. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlinBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.